Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'd love to use this as a podcast episode. I think really? this is yeah. I think, but this I is just good. said I want to shit on Elon Musk. And yeah, I that's said, fine. Yeah, We've got a bleeper. It's in. It's in. <laughs> He's not going to watch this. He's not yeah, going to watch it. We're here, myself, Paul Booze. We've got. Do we want to just introduce ourselves? Loretta, <laughs> Locke, <laughs> I'm Brazil. I am Fred Sudell. Okay, Ooh, so Fred the reason Fred. we got, the reason we we got together today was because obviously Loretta, Fred, we're already kind of working together on this, and this is us. And I think this is interesting for people. This is us bringing someone else um, into the project who um, is embracing the project, and we are embracing all Welcome. of your ideas. Um, Thank you. Somebody throw some Freya. flowers around her neck and uh, yeah. <laughs> welcome her to the like new house. thing. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about in, in just a few minutes, which was um, the difficulties of bringing, you know, of coming into a, a new group when a project's already started and what we were trying to get across today, which was, you know, should this be on Venus? That's, that's a big question for the story. Mm-hmm. It, it is weird trying to bring someone into a group and it I think it's weird coming into the group but I I was curious like Freya how you actually how you feel you know why did you um, what, what interested you about this and how does it feel kind of coming into it yeah well I it feels it feels pretty good coming into it um because the I'm so aligned with the interests that you guys have and, and the subjects that you're exploring like I have spent a lot of time already I kind of have a bunch of narrative and, and concepts that I I'm excited to change and develop and mold with you guys about this exact area. Like this is something that I find super interesting. I've been waiting for an optimistic um, offering to come up on the uh, of options to investigate because so a lot of time it's been like, hey, do you want to make another shoot 'em up with me? Hey, do you want to help me make my yeah. cyberpunk laser game? And I'm like, no. I if I have to make another cyberpunk thing, I'm gonna kill myself and everyone else. Um, so this was a very refreshing offering of like, how can we actually create truly um, innovative future visions that are not just reusing the same tropes over and over. Um, so for me, it feels like a good fit. And I, we may and I, we may disagree on some points, and I hope that we do, and we can like yeah. argue and just discuss exactly. and and um, create something better that way. You're in. You're in. How hey! does it? How does it feel? How does it feel the other side? Because I, I had my initial when we talked. Freya was like, "Oh, this really feels like such a great fit," and it, there were so many crossovers and, and exactly as you say, there's that. And I, I felt like as I did when I met Loretta, I thought, "Wow, this person doesn't quite think like me, but we've got common ground." That means that I'll be pushed, tested. I'll have to go away and think about stuff. Um, like the Venus, you know, I you introduced that idea, Loretta, and said, I think it should be set on Venus. And I, my immediate reaction was, oh, no, how am I going to talk her out of this? Um, and it's, you know, it's all about it's all about the theme of the film. It's all about adapting and change it is, and it is, it evolution. Is. And yeah, it, it's good. It's very uh, meta, very not in a... Sort Paul, of... you've had to adapt. I know. You've... You've had to adapt, you fossil. Exactly, exactly. I know this is great there. It is no, fossilizing. but this is good because, like, what we're building is too great for only for any one of us to have come up with. Yeah. So that's why that's why we're stronger together. It's going to be, yeah, something very formidable. I think at the end of it, there's some really interesting ideas that have emerged from the conversation that people, I guess, are about to hear because. Um, you know, this it's already happened for us, but it will happen in a minute for them. But this this will be the episode where uh, I get convinced that actually I think this is a good idea that if this is on Venus, and I was completely against that. And we watched a 12 minute video together, um, with a little watch party, and then um, some interesting things were, were raised during that. And and now I'm kind of convinced. I think there's so many interesting ideas in that video that I think we should explore more. 
Um, I think the reason why we were both put off by Venus was because when, when with the knowledge that I had before watching this about Venus, I think, oh, well, there's no possibility. And now after seeing that video, it's like, oh, there's loads of possibilities. So it's, yeah, there's, there's freedom to, to explore. When you there. combine it with time, have you, have you read um, any Kin Stanley Robinson? You know, he's like the- Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But, and not just his Mars stuff, but also his other stuff. And it's it, so much more becomes possible when you extend the amount of time yeah. that the story happens in, um, yeah. which I think is also really important for like our, our human thinking right now extending our thinking to exactly. more to the future rather than just our immediacy exactly. i think it's a good exercise and we could do that across different mediums like loretta was saying earlier it, we can do that across games uh comics just books you know just words um you know there's Ooh, lots wow. of ways that people can find a way into into this and i think we should explore those and i think that's what great sci-fi should be it should be that moment like fred was describing where you go from, oh, no, that's just impossible. I cannot imagine it to, mm. wow, this is just an amazing opportunity. Let's yeah. do it. Like, yeah. it should be that. And Musk yeah. grew up reading the same stuff that we were reading, which was all Mars-based, all kind of let's you know send a big rocket over to somewhere. This is a different approach. This is a nurturing approach. And the approach to terraforming that planet is aligns itself to the approach that you have to take a, a sort of macro level to a micro level like we said that you 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 give things nudges you encourage things to grow as they need to grow and you nurture things and that's happening that adaptation the settlers in the red houses yeah. they're the people that we're that are going there first to say kind of how does this you know the algae the other things have, have, are already here now how do we sort of harness that how do we do the next step because what we don't want to do is just land something there and say right let's all live in you don't make it on earth and bring it in you need to grow it and it's not yeah. that cut yeah you need to you need to be in the action managing exactly. it juggling it yeah well here's a question which is um on a practical sense how are we fred do you want to give us a quick update on um what's been going on with um murphy and houdini uh, and where we are yeah. with that and where we're going and then that will tie in i think to a conversation with freya about you know practically uh, on the story level i think these are amazing conversations um we've really nailed something um this week and that that feels like great progress so what what's happened progress wise um fred with murphy what's going on with houdini well um Houdini, uh, well, which we call it, Murphy is putting together um, a nice little bit of code for us in the form of this graph, which will allow us to randomly, semi-randomly generate our little robots um, through essentially, I'm very, I'm very bad at explaining this because without using extremely technical terms. Um, it's procedural. I think we can say it's procedural. procedural. Essentially, I'm going to create base models, yeah. um, things like bits of limb, bits of head, which then will be procedurally altered to make them asymmetrical randomly. And they will be configured in a way that we can just press a button and a random robot will be generated that has the same style and feel as the concept ones we've been going through. Um, and he can make this in Houdini. This weekend. Um, right. Because okay. he asked me to do some uh, models for it. We had a discussion yesterday because we've both been deciding on, um, we've been talking about those wires because we want to have like maybe sort of... Um, yeah. Uh, bits and pieces like dangling wires coming down off of things like for hydraulic pipes. I guess it would be like a vascular system for a robot in the yeah. same way that we have things like veins and stuff in the intestines. But um, we're thinking about a way of, instead of using the kit bash models for the wires, we're actually going to procedurally do them using splines and have them connect to empty sockets on the robot that didn't come with a pre-generated eye or something. Without visual cues it's really hard to explain but we are going to have a finished test for us to explore hopefully by the first half of next week and then it's Great. just development from there yeah. so what i mean we we came up with this kit bash thing as we thought it might be a way forward or we might be able to, it's an easy way to reuse stuff they're quite cheap there's some really good kit bash stuff out there which we could link to for people some if anyone's them, interested some of the ones that you've you've linked that you showed me um two specifically are very very uh, appropriate for the project okay and i would actually like to explore a few other kit bashes uh yeah. sets other than the those mechanical ones because there yeah. are a lot of there's some more organic stuff. ones and hydraulics yeah. is everyone familiar with kit bash do we know do we all know what this is? yeah so it's just it i love the fact that somebody's these these really good artists are sitting around making this stuff and then selling it for 15 30 50 dollars 
and I'm glad, I'm really happy if they can make a living off that. And just giving you all the sort of Lego pieces to say, go and build whatever you want. I've built bits of this for you. It Potentially, it means some things kind of look the same, but the fact that you, they take it to a more, not molecular level, but there's there's a, you know, the individual parts. It's, it's modular. The, the it's, modular. It's a little bit like how you, you know, you could build a car and you could say that you built this car, but you didn't build the components for the car you bought them. Exactly. Um, and I yeah. think that's that's the sort of that's what makes this possible for us to make a film like this is because we're not making the game engine. And I as trying to, to creatively direct this thing in that sense, there's an element of being a bit of a producer here as well, which is trying to look for ways to not to cut practical corners because it's a small team without compromising um the too juice. much on yeah. what's the actually there. Part. But there's no need to have you know, we don't have an army of 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 assets, uh, artists. We don't. You know, there's not there's not even different departments. It's kind of you know, people need to just dig in and do what they can. But there's absolutely no need to make things that we don't need to make. So we're thinking, Fred, a lot of your time is going to be focused on things like substance designer, right? Can you? Yeah. How's how so, does yeah. that fit in, and and what's a trim sheet maybe, or do okay, we just? So- one of the ways in which uh, Murphy and I are going to get the most variety out of these randomly generated robots is by uh, reusing the same materials uh, through trim sheets, um, which is more actually of a something they do with games. Particularly nowadays, it's just a mobile games tend to use that. Like right. AA games don't use trim sheets really anymore, and certainly not in film. But for our purposes, we can. You know what a trim sheet is? I it's worth explaining it. I think for everyone. So. Um, it's uh, for our point. We're going to I think we do horizontal strips across that square texture space. So we'll have like a, a metal uh, material that has different details that go along horizontally, right. so that then we can adjust the UVs on the model vertically to give it a different appearance. Right. So the bottom will might have some you know some grating, and then there might be some wires. But then on the model that will be randomly jiggled about, and then you know you'll get wires coming out in different places. Right. It should all be cohesive. The UVs and the trim sheet aspect of it is probably the most precarious part because we're going to be we're going to be uh, mm, warping the models at the beginning, and that will affect the UV. So we might have to f- come up with a way of how we could triplanar project some of the bits onto it, and then UV wrap some of it. But that's just experimentation. That until I have another meeting with Murphy, probably either this evening or, or on monday um we'll have a proper update for that but yeah, yeah it's just and he's he's really lovely. i mean we're all on mastered you know we've all been trying to find our feet and figure out what we want murthy's is you know when i first spoke to him he was still sort of you know realizing that he was a tech artist but after having a couple of meetings with him he's a tech artist he's he's really good and he thinks in such a uniquely sort of mix of, of the technical and a creative space I, and he's such I an honestly, enabler i love it i honestly don't know why he doesn't already have a job no i don't know exactly it's bizarre. yeah it's exactly uh, exactly no, I, so. I, I really get on with him and i feel like it's um what i really wanted to do coming into mastered i'm empowered to do with his skill set yeah, and exactly. I feel like yeah. I'm helping him out because I know that he said that he's more technical than an artist and, and I'm more artist than technical, but um, we have a similar vision and a similar kind of yeah, idea for how things should, should get work. My plug. Yeah. All right. So I think, um, Loretta, is there, you said there might be an update. Do you want to do an update on story now or do... Is oh, there... just a really, really quick update, Go I on. guess, this week. Uh, Fred and I got together on Monday and we had a really, really good meeting and we talked a lot about the technology of our uh, sci-fi universe and we solved a lot of problems by starting with a story idea mm-hmm. and filling in all the details and I would recommend that method to other people who are world building to start off with a story of one person one character and to fill in her backstory yeah and her world to fill in that world and I love that even just in this session with you guys I've gotten a lot more ideas for that webcomic yeah mm. i love the thing that freya said about a fossil record of previous robots mm. that That's is cool. already there when the humans arrive a thousand years later i just love that image mm. and i want to work it into the webcomic somehow yeah. i just oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go on mid journey and do yeah 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 exactly that yeah oh, i got great. my i got my invite to dali 
finally. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so I think if I can get you in, I'll get you in. I don't know if I do I get something, I don't know. But it would be, I really want to try the outpainting. I really yes. want to see if we can no, work that from... that could be really useful for us as well, oh, that yeah. if we make we a collage, we can yes. pop that in and then yeah. make it kind bigger. Yeah. Fill in the, I'll, I'll, I'll have a play with it um, uh, and, and kind of see what we get to. Um, so, okay, You're yeah, there's a webconic... <laughs> <laughs> the, so the priority at the moment is... Because um, Murphy's away during, like, the whole of October. So the priority at the moment is to Fred... Um, Murphy to work together to try and explore these robots and obviously with substance painter and what you know about substance painter Fred you, you know, bringing in the, I think these other ideas of how metal does it need to be and um but how do we Fred you 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 want to do some modeling you can you tell us a bit more about your background skill set where you want to kind of mm. come into this yeah um I, th I think it could be something to embrace um that I um, I can be quite rude about uh, some of the ways that people are uh, seeing Dali and like the, I think there's a lot of, like, I think I think differently about it as a tool than you three. Um, okay. And I think that, that can be a good thing. Um, so uh, I, I don't want to go to Dali and do that. Like, for me, I, I want to like draw and create and yeah. model from these ideas. Um, but let me just go, because like, I'm trying to understand kind of who, where there is space for me to do it. Because yeah. Loretta, if you're saying that you are, you're a character designer, because I consider myself to be a character designer. Yep. So you're already kind of taking on that role of, of designing the main character. Yep, yep, yeah. that's right. And then if Fred, if you're doing, because I, I also would, could love to, to do these like organic bots, but the bots are already being done as well, it sounds to me. So I'm not, so I'm not sure what it is, Paul, that you think I could do. I think well, you should, I think you should join me and Murphy then. If you, if you, because okay. the thing is, um, I can't do it all by myself. And just because I am doing it at the moment doesn't mean um, your input would be amazing. Like it would just add that extra dimension. Yeah, we so need next, to share the we load. And, with yeah. Murphy. I was actually just, before you continue, Fred, like, I, I took a look at your online presence and I looked at some of your furniture stuff. Um, and it got me thinking that you should also be in the meeting with the architects as well. Because yeah. if like, I can't model everything and, and we, everything's going to need to be modeled. Um, and if you've got like experience, particularly with furniture, and we've also got experts in architecture, um, it makes sense that we all talk together and have conversations together. Yeah. The um, main set is a house. It's a domestic setting. So we're going to need you to model the domestic furniture of 3000 years from now. What's that going to look like? And that's, and that's going to be married into the architecture. Like they're not exactly. going to be separate. Like we have here, they'll probably exactly. be, um, and I think that the thing about character design and um, erg design is that it's all um, as fl fluid as it can be until the very last moment, doing it Paul style, right? Fluid as a, it, it can be until the very last moment when, when we make the final decision. So I'll send you over all of the fiction that I've written, um, the world building, the backstory, the technology brief. And I'll see what you think of it, and you can feed back to me, and we'll see what we can do together. Okay. Yeah, just because just you're a latecomer, we're still a democracy. Like, um, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it's like Loretta's saying. I think it's it's we're, there's there's an immense amount of vulnerability and openness around how we're exploring ideas until we kind of say, okay, that that's where the idea is going to stop. Now let's build from that. Like it's mm. it's uh, and we know. did have some shit ideas in the beginning. We oh, weren't afraid to put them out no. there. Yeah, <laughs> ro ro robot bat. Robot yeah. bat. Yeah, no, that was a compromise. That was a compromise that we shouldn't have done. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good idea. It was a good idea. But no, I love um, the, 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 all all of those things sound sound wonderful to be involved in. And yeah, the um, what a domestic environment would look like at this point is is a very interesting uh, question. I think in in. It, having worked in some very early startups uh, one of the things that happens there is people say like we need a designer we need an engineer and there's not an awful lot of direction for that person it's like find your way in do what you can do you know say drive so, yourself drive yeah. it like find hustle for it find a way in say that okay i this is where i think i can make a contribution and and i think doing doing some stuff with loretta doing some stuff with fred will help you figure out okay this is where I can, and then with the architects will exposes you to all the stuff that we're exposing ourselves to. And I think that's, that's how we're going to figure out that this works. But I think this is, this is interesting for people because it, in the same way, it's like, it's hard to bring 
you know, like a, a new bass player into a band because you're like, this is how we play, and this is. But you've got well, to no, let it's that not. person. If they bring a new instrument, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I yeah. think everyone's role in our team has been an emergent quality. Yeah. Like people have come in and figured out what needs doing and have done it. I think yeah. that that's just how it's been. So it's because nobody's do it. <laughs> there's yeah. no fiefdoms either. Nobody's no. sort of trying to hold on to things too much. There's a responsibility. I mean, you know, well. Loretta has the responsibility of, of the story of the writing, but it's she's bringing it in from everybody else. And um, I think the important thing is that we trust each other. Um, yeah. Like I know, I know that you know we're not going to run off with an idea that's terrible because we're we've all got our eyes on it and we're all yeah, yeah. we all care about it. So. so I think that's good. I think um, yeah, welcome. Really glad to have you on board, Freya. This is great. Um, Thank you so much for, for welcoming me in. That's really I'm generous to open like this. Um, and I think it's a really, 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 really timely, like we need more discussions like this in the public eye. So I'm super happy to be involved in one. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay. So then the rest of this will just be people listening to our um, watching bits of that video, mm. um, which is, yeah, I think, and I think that's a perfect episode. I think this is like everything with this, it's naturally emerged okay. as a perfect episode. Right, so how to terraform Venus quickly? Who's this? Oh, this is Kyrgyzstad or whatever. They're. Yeah, okay. They're in a nutshell. These are great videos. They're so good. Yeah, yeah they are so good. Um, let's go. Leaving Earth to find new homes in space is an old dream of humanity and will sooner or later be necessary for our survival. The planet that gets the most attention is Mars, a small, toxic and energy-poor planet that just about seems good enough for a colony of depressed humans huddled in underground cities. But what if we think bigger? What if we take Venus, one of the most hostile and deadly places in the solar system, and turn it into a colony? Not by building lofty cloud cities, but by creating a proper second Earth. It might be easier than you think. I'll say at this point, I'm, I'm, my feeling at the moment is, is utter scepticism, I, and I can feel it. But I don't know. I, I want to embrace this, but I'm just, I'm welcoming the idea that what I find instinctively implausible is I'm going to be turned around. So I'm, I'm excited by that. But I just, where's everyone else at? Before as we I'm, go I'm just uncomfortable with the assumption that we need to be making other places into Earth, and I, I, I actually don't like the, the the phrase terraforming has always been for me slightly uncomfortable. Um, like that we, what if we embrace the 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 planet as it was and changed ourselves? But um, you know, this like like changing the planet, like maybe we should change. Interesting. I think though, I think though, the interesting thing is that that I would agree with you if we were going to a planet that already had life, but this is something that's barren and requires life. And I think the Earth isn't actually one thing. If you go to any corner of the Earth, it's a completely different place. Um, like Hawaii is nothing like sub-Saharan Africa, is nothing like Indonesia, is nothing like Antarctica. So I think that like it's just about bringing life to a planet and then having that, it will develop on its own anyway. It will become a unique thing. But it just needs to, I think when I hear like Earth-like, I think, okay, it just needs an atmosphere that can be, that is mostly, you know, it's got oxygen in it for for. for you know, energy. and then see where it goes. Like it, yeah, it's, just see does, what happens. It's not about trying to have the Sahara or a. It's just make it. You, you couldn't create another Earth anyway. You could, you yeah. know, mm. you'd give it. You, you, you just wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I would rather have a, a totally new garden to like a, a garden that I've never even heard or thought of that's that's springing up from this new situation. Yeah, I mean, it would kind of be like Australia, where you get like um, organisms that were like introduced there, maybe like millions of years ago, and then you know through divergent evolution, have just become completely different. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Venus is by far the hottest planet in the solar system, with a surface temperature of 460 degrees Celsius, hot enough to melt lead. This heat is due to the most extreme greenhouse effect in the solar system. CO2 is great at trapping heat, even a rise from 0.03% to 0.04% in Earth's atmosphere is heating up our planet right now. Venus's atmosphere is 97% CO2. Also, Venus's atmosphere is 93 times denser than Earth's. Standing on Venus's surface would feel like taking a dive about 900 meters deep into the ocean. 
The pressure would kill you instantly. It's a truly horrible place, so why should we even bother? Yeah, I'm wondering that. <laughs> First and foremost, Venus is almost as big as Earth and has 90% of its surface gravity. Surface gravity is a big problem when colonizing the solar system because it's very likely that long stays in low-gravity places will have negative health effects. Venus's size means it could be the second largest habitat in the solar system. A new home for billions of humans and trillions of animals, with oceans, lush forests and a beautiful blue sky. A properly terraformed Venus may be the most pleasant place to live outside of Earth. While we can't exactly terraform Venus today, a slightly more ambitious future version of us could take this project on. What this has made me think right now is that actually, in a bit of a sort of borrowing from um, you know, Asimov's foundation in a way, it's, it's one possible way we could go, I mean, or leave the door open later on, is that there are two things going on that there's there is that there maybe there's a divide and maybe a group of people believe that you know venus was the way and that's been going on and a group of people believe that mars was the way and that's been going on um and maybe you know maybe go the, to venus and the men go to mars the what <laughs> <laughs> very good very well, good. Like a breeding ground or something. Yeah, exactly. Or it and could then... be a tale of cooperation. <laughs> it could yeah. be. It could or it be. Could be yeah. Don't slip into negativity. No, no, not not as yeah. a conflict thing. Not as a sort of hey, yeah. we. See, but you know, if 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 there was, I mean, like like every sort of compromise, if there's a case of, if the if you do if you weren't restricted to resources and you had to choose one over the other, wouldn't mm. you, in a very kind of scientific way, try both and say, well, there's you know all the stuff that mars has venus doesn't and all the stuff that venus has mars doesn't so your starting points are different and you yeah. can't really know which one is going to be better until you take a, a diff, uh, that approach but they are oh. fundamentally different approaches mars is a is a very um i mean you joke about the you know men are from mars and women are from venus but maybe that that what we're talking about is, is actually about yeah. nurturing, growing, growth. It's a little bit like what... colonizing different planets. Like when you when you colonize, uh, sorry, uh, colonize different countries. When we colonized um, USA, it was uh, we brought a lot of horses with us. There weren't horses there before we brought them, and uh, we needed them for for all sorts of things. And when we colonized Australia, horses didn't work. We brought camels um, to build railways and stuff. So, but I imagine that. From what Freya said earlier about you know having having non-metallic robots or having if we if we if the robots were designed to require some very basic needs that humans also require like they need an oxygen um, they need oxygen in the atmosphere they need less carbon dioxide to survive we designed them in that way initially so that when we send the first thing to Mars centuries before people they will develop and and, and create the planet so that it's suitable for us because we've made it. So that they require mm. it as well. So um, yeah, it's so, interesting. Like it makes that. me think of things like agent-based modeling, um, and which is something I've, I always found very interesting. Is that there's a book called The Nature of Code. Um, this guy has a YouTube channel. He's a uh, Daniel Schiffman, I think his name is. Um, and The Nature of Code came off the back of this program called Processing. I think it's called. Uh, is it called Processing? But the and the idea was it was you could just make stuff and it was per, it's perfectly suited to making kind of agent based things and organic things. So you can quite easily create voids and um, which are you know basically you can you can reproduce the behaviour of birds or flying animals or um, of things that need to find their way by just adding bits to them. Um, and there's a there's that great book I think I mentioned it to you, Loretta. Um, and it's fascinating. I re actually, Fred, you really need to. Have you have you ever heard of a book called Vehicles? Um, no. Okay. It's it's literally it starts with, um, okay, the most basic entity uh, that we could create with code or or as a small robot. Basically, it's, it says how what's the simplest system you could build that actually looks like it's alive. I love what you're saying, but could we watch the movie? Sorry, yes, yes. Ah! I just, it's making me think a lot about, about things. So let's, let's go, let's go. Before anything else, yeah. we need to cool Venus down and remove the gas that makes up the extremely heavy atmosphere. Right. As mentioned, there's a lot of it. Around 465 million billion tonnes. How do we do that? There are a few options. 
we could create giant solar collectors powering a huge array of laser beams that heat up the atmosphere so much that it's blasted into space. Although we would need thousands of times the entire power generating capacity of humanity and it would still take thousands of years to remove the atmosphere. Another way is to sequester the atmosphere, binding the CO2 in different compounds through chemical reactions. We could mine elements like calcium or magnesium on Mercury and shoot them at Venus via mass driver systems, electric rails that make rockets unnecessary on smaller planets. Crazy. The metals would combine to bind the CO2 into different carbonates basically forever. But the scale makes the This is what the robot should practical. be made of. We would need several hundred billion tons of material to sequester the CO2 this way. Mm. Seems like a waste of material and might take too long. An equally ridiculous idea that could actually work is to put Venus in the shade, literally, by constructing a huge mirror to blot out the sun to just freeze the atmosphere. I love, I love that they basically those first two ideas were really complicated, kind of Elon Musk type, you know. Um, this is the best one. This and, and the know, best one is the simplest I, this, one. This, this one is cool. This one is cool. But I also thought, like, uh, we're talking about what the robots be made from. Like, what if the robots go way before us mm. and make themselves out of the CO2 and then combine that with a mirror? I actually always think that, like, why choose one option when you can combine? Yeah, but that, yeah. that like, yeah. sparkly. For what sure. does calcite look like? Could robots make themselves out of the atmosphere by doing that transform it into something suitable for humans in the same way that um, algae and yes. smaller things in the ocean did to make our oxygen um, atmosphere? Yes, 100%. The algae are coming. The algae are coming at like minute number 10. Right. Okay. This is, this is good. I, it's this, I've, I can feel myself being won over to this idea. Thank you, Loretta. Yeah, well done. The mirror doesn't need to be complex or massive, just a very thin foil with a little structural support. Building such a large... Sorry, was that coronavirus? Wait, what the hell was that? They can be made out of coronaviruses. Great, okay, that sounds okay. useful. Okay, um... Okay, <laughs> just wash it afterwards. ...flat surface so close to the sun will turn it effectively into a solar sail and push it out of position. So instead of one giant circular object, our mirror will consist of many different pieces. Annular slats of angled cool. mirrors can reflect sunlight from one set of mirrors to the next. That looks fucking mirrors awesome! That does look awesome. This reflecting is really light from one to another until the light is redirected to the back, balancing the force on the front and holding them in position. That's very elegant. That's yeah, awesome. It's really, really nice. This is the best thing ever. It's, I, I, when, when you mentioned it, and I realise your excitement now um, when you did, I was just thinking of the sort of one giant thing. And actually, again, no, just as I was thinking, that feels sort it? of brutally that would be so beautiful you can just like instantly kind of your, your brain can start dreaming of how this incredible rotating multifaceted sparkling mirror in space would look like yeah i, am, I it. imagine it would look incredible from the surface of the planet yeah i remember i watched a youtube video once um i thought that it was from a movie but i, I remembered now it was someone said well what if we made a mirror the size of the moon and what if it came close enough to our atmosphere? What would it look like from from the, from the ground? Oh, really? Oh, that's and, and you would be able to see the reflection of the other side of the, almost the other side of the planet because of the way that it's curved and because where you're curved, you'd be looking up and you could see the the plains in America from the UK. It would be like, yeah, oh, that's it would be strange. Really that would be a very interesting yeah. thing to to explore. After yeah. a it's all very natural. Sorry, say, sorry, sorry. If you think like J.J. Abrams style of filmmaking with lots of those really, really um, vast compositions, you could do a lot with the sky in, in this scenario to show, mm. to show the mirrors maybe side yeah. on, or it would be really interesting to film is all I'm saying. And yeah. what, would sun, what would sunset and uh, sunrise look like? Exactly. Yeah, they'd probably be different ones. Like they'd probably be, um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about before it was Venus. It was it was going to be a distant planet that we'd not we'd not discovered before. That maybe it has a a binary sun system, star system with maybe different color suns and and different times of day where the sky would be different colors. But we could probably do something similar with this. You because can. You can. Little, if you keep yeah. watching, let's watch it. Oh, let's sorry, watch sorry. it. Instead of getting the infrastructure in place, things start slowly and then escalate. For the first few decades, the atmosphere slowly cools down, but stays dense and deadly. Until, after some 60 years, it reaches the critical temperature of 31 degrees Celsius. 
Suddenly, the great flood begins on Venus as CO2 turns to liquid at this pressure and begins to rain down. A constant global rainstorm of unbelievable proportions lasting 30 years. The pressure and temperature suddenly begin to drop in unison. For almost a century, puddles turn into lakes and oceans. Wow. The surface temperature is now minus 56 degrees Celsius and the pressure has dropped to only seven times the pressure on Earth. Finally, at a really unpleasant minus 81 degrees Celsius, the CO2 oceans begin to freeze and the rain turns into snow. This leaves us with a frozen Venus covered in oceans as hard as rock and gigantic CO2 glaciers. What remains of the atmosphere is mostly nitrogen at about three times Earth's surface pressure. If you don't mind freezing and suffocating, you can now take a stroll over Venus's surface. But the frozen CO2 remains a bit of a problem. At some point, we want to warm up the planet, but if we do, the CO2 ice will melt and fill up the atmosphere again. So we need some way to keep it from doing that. One is to simply cover it all with cheap plastic insulation and cover it up with ground-up Venus rock or water oceans. Although some planetary scientists will be very stressed out about us building a new planet containing a potential time bomb like that. A few unfortunately timed volcanoes could melt a lot of CO2 at once and ruin everything. Another obvious solution is to shoot it all out into space and collect it into a small moon for storage and future use. We can make this more efficient by using mass drivers instead of rockets, but moving all that mass will still be a pretty intense challenge that will take some time to solve. Whatever we end up doing with the atmosphere, to move forward we need water, which we could get from ice moons. Europa, a moon of Jupiter, has twice as much water as Earth's oceans. Now, catching a moon and transporting it through the solar system is not exactly easy. So instead, it might be easier to cut chunks of ice off Europa with an army of construction drones and shoot them at Venus using more of those mass drivers. Space tethers could save us a lot of effort and energy here. We made a whole video explaining how they work, but in a nutshell, they are slings that can take a payload on both ends. On Europa, they do most of the work needed to catapult our ice to Venus. The ice hits the Venus tethers, That's which gently idea. drop it into the atmosphere, where it falls down as snow. In exchange, the Venus tethers get to catch CO2 ice shot up from below and accelerate it into orbit. We can remove excess nitrogen using this same method to further lower our atmospheric pressure. After a few decades or centuries, Venus would be covered by a nice, shallow, frozen ocean a few hundred meters deep. It would look extremely different from today. A few continents and countless islands have formed. This is beginning to look a bit like our planet. Now the last and most magnificent phase of terraforming begins, making the atmosphere breathable and adding life. First, we need light, though, and we need to heat the planet up again. A Venus day is 2,802 hours long, more than 116 Earth days. So if we just remove our giant mirror, we would grill half of our planet. Even without the massive atmosphere, temperatures would reach unbearable levels. The simplest way to create a day-night cycle and let some energy in again is with another set of mirrors to illuminate our continents and melt our water oceans. Wow which would let us completely control how much energy we get and where it goes. The atmosphere is now mostly made up of nitrogen and basically devoid of oxygen. So the first inhabitants will likely be trillions and trillions yeah. of cyanobacteria, right. which can get photosynthesizing and release oxygen. Yeah. We know that they can quickly turn around the atmosphere of a planet because billions of years ago, they were probably responsible for turning the toxic atmosphere of our young Earth into an atmosphere with enough oxygen for more complex animal life. But not only that, cyanobacteria can fix nitrogen from the atmosphere and turn it into nutrients that can be used by living beings. This way, they will essentially fertilize our dead ocean water and prepare it for more complex organisms. On land, our colonists need to grind down some of the former Venusian surface to make soil for nitrogen-fixing plants to grow on. Eventually, billions of trees would spread, creating large forests covering massive parts of the continents. Venus would turn green. To speed <laughs> things up, CO2 would be strategically released to supply the plants and cyanobacteria. Areas already covered with plants could get extra daylight from our orbital mirrors, so the plants would be active for most of each day. And that's something we've talked about, but that that adaptation 
yeah, I like that that the fact that you can move the sun around that really speaks to me as a it makes sense that you would constantly try and optimize this thing and be like, right, this needs more, this needs less, rather than like in my garden, you accidentally put the tomatoes where they shouldn't be and they burn. Maybe we won't have to do this with the same plants and animals we know today. As genetic mm. engineering matures and our understanding of genetics and the machinery of life expands, we might just engineer life as we need it. All in all, it would take several thousand years to make the atmosphere breathable by humans. In the meantime, you could stroll around with nothing more than regular clothes and an oxygen mask. Settlers would enjoy a vast new planet filled with resources and bathed in sunlight. They might think of new ways to use the vast amounts of carbon dioxide, ice and nitrogen orbiting in space above. Industrial processes, rocket fuel or even boosting the terraforming of another planet like tiny Mars. Venus is fully terraformed. Animals roam through vast ecosystems. Cities are being constructed. Billions of settlers and their descendants make this world their home. They will see images of the past, how Venus was once the most hostile planet around, how it took hundreds of years to freeze hell and to ship in the oceans, and another few thousand years to make it possible to breathe freely. They will barely be able to believe it. Okay, maybe it's not that easy to terraform Venus, and a lot of things must go right for this future to become reality. But it is possible. And there, in, there is the inherent tension in, you know, it's not, it's not a, we've solved the problem, let's just do it. Like, it, it would take a minute to, to figure this out, right? Mm. And also, like, it's, um, it's still precarious. Mm. Like, it's, it's still something that shouldn't be. Um, Taken for granted. Yeah. yeah. You don't know which way it's going to go. That's the scary bit. And that's, that's what's happening with AI at the moment, right? People don't know which way it's going to go. And, mm. But there's a lot in here to say, the best course of action over and over again, according to this, is, is to do the is sort of Occam's razor, to do the, the simplest, to, to do the, the simplest thing, but not too simple. Like yeah, the, the let, things, resistance. let things steer in their own direction mm. and embrace kind of where they're going, I guess. Possible. And with technology that is within the reach of a motivated and slightly more advanced humanity that wants to venture into space. Mm. The only thing that's stopping it is our imagination. And that, at least, is a problem that's easy to overcome. Make a film. I got said that I am um, that was such a such a cool video. So good to like have some more information about the the sort of the set in the world. I think in reference to what we were talking about earlier about the uh, concept of robots that arrive as some kind of seed or blank and then evolve in different ways depending on where they are on the planet. There's that in, within that video. There's that period of time before people are walking around. You know, whilst the um, mm. whilst the mirror is in place, and like that's the time when my mind starts to be like, that would be when all these AIs could be having that, developing their own exactly. culture yeah. and leaving fossils of the other AIs. So that by the time we get there, there would be this amazing fossil record of all these yeah. different all types of robots made from all different types of materials that have like, emerged and became mm. um, abundant at different stages of the transformation of the planet. Well, this is interesting, right? Because um, uh, Loretta and I at the moment are working on a spin-off for this project. There's a webcomic. And we're thinking about having this set maybe uh, a few centuries or something or a little bit before our film. So we do get to play with the natural history uh, of the planet and the robots a little bit and maybe mm -hmm. sort of do a bit more world building there. And the um, main character of our webcomic is this amazing xenobiologist, I mean, xenoarchaeologist, who is going on a mission to, like, dig up the fossils of the past because her great 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 grandmother was one of the first people to set foot on mars but oh that that fits beautifully then that yeah, makes yeah, sense that's... yeah, and then, yeah. And, then, and then and her great grandmother's uh, mission failed and nobody knew what happened to it and so she's gonna go do her archaeology and like find out and what is she gonna find da, da, da. well i was just gonna say that um one of the things that uh, that got me thinking before uh, as loretta and i were having a meeting earlier on the week was um whenever you uh, colonize a new place there's all there's always been an existing culture there um like whether it's aboriginals or you know, native americans there was always something there before um mm. um and i was thinking that if it takes centuries to colonize venus then perhaps there would have been um, some more Elon Musk types that that came before that were kind of rushing it and thought, well, let's just get there and do it. Um, and they died out 
ages before the sensible humans managed to colonize the planet so that when they did arrive there was this sort of left behind culture um uh, of just a few people that did did arrive first that didn't make it maybe and that mm -hmm. would be but that was just something we were, exper we were exploring for the comic just to add a little I think bit maybe back then you know the comic takes it back to when there was it was more divided the view was like mm. mars or venus and there's you know the elon musk camp of very sort of engineer minded metal minded that sort of you know yeah basically we're going to use our web comic to shit on elon musk because that's yeah. what i really want to do i mean it would draw attention i i must say if, you, if you've not read his biography it's an extraordinary story and he is an extraordinary man um and i i, I do don't love what he's done in many ways i'm actually quite appreciative of of um elon musk um because i think we need people like him yeah. um i don't think he's going to be the one to take us to mars but he's definitely going to be an important step but, uh, i'd rather people be thinking about these things than just not but uh, the thing is for me like the, like this is something i've been wondering like when to bring up with this discussion group because um now i i love star wars you know i love star wars i love star trek and i love the idea of colonizing far planets and the discussion and the imagination around it, I think, is a really hugely necessary part of culture. But I don't think that we should be focusing on actually colonizing planets now. Like, I think that we and any any narrative that revolves around capitalism in space, just perpetrating mm. what and I know we all agree we don't want to, like, do the same thing again. Mm. And, and but also for me, the idea of like, um, to start to start to colonize Venus from a place, although we need tension and there is so much tension to be had from diff all different places, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that we are starting the colonization of Venus from our current kind of um, col colonialist metal uh, capitalist. You're right, you're right. It could be that we have managed to, and really should be that we have managed to like understand the principles of interconnectivity, the principles of a more balanced relationship between human nature and technology before we start to transform planets and that we have understood the philosophy and then applied that to the technology that we send I'd, away. I'd like to, I like that, but I'd like That's to see. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just want to say Go to on. Freya that I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And I think that a lot of the technology that we show in the film or in the web comic or in the game or in whatever we produce out of this project, can reflect those values, can reflect the value of understanding interconnectedness. It's not the main star of the show, but it is the main supporting actor. Like the technology is literally uh, like the supporting actor. And yeah. I think that's why we were spending so much time thinking about it. And as the supporting actor, the technology will reflect, I think the, the understanding that we have of how we should be treating our world. So well, then like like we say, the 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 ergs will not be made out of metal. It'll be made out of whatever. I'm, I'm curious though, what was the change in the zeitgeist? Because we remember we, we we haven't spoken about what this dystopia was. Because this is a post dystopian, yes. and obviously there's going to be some kind of like cultural reset um, to enable us to like yeah okay we're at the point now where we can colonize other planets. But but what those was things it? don't happen overnight, and that's the no, thing. I think it's it's one of those where point? the time that Frey is talking about wouldn't it wouldn't it's not going to be that like everyone on Earth feels exactly the same way. There's nuances in how people feel, but I I am interested in what Frey has just said as being we enter where the maybe through the comic that that has become the dominant view. But actually, there's still this view. There's there's going to be a, a group of people mm. who are still like, no, Mars was the best idea. No, doing it that way was the best. Idea. This will never work. There's got to be, you know, people who are less convinced, but not to the point where it's, you know, maybe two great big factions or like two. What was the thing in Alien? Right, there's a Whalen. Is it Whalen? Whalen Utani. Yeah. Um. So you know, Whalen's he's got all the money. Worlds. He's the yeah. building better worlds, but he's the <laughs> monopoly, isn't he? He's got the monopoly on the whole thing, and and it's all his money, and it's the capitalism in space. Mm -hmm. But I think rather than at the same time, I don't think it shouldn't. It shouldn't just look like um, you know, like a socialist's dream either. I think there's got to no, be no, no. Yeah. It's it's I, I... LV426 was terrible. Like, who would want to live on a planet that's got no life and it's always windy and it's always dark? Like, yeah, yeah. One yeah. last one last thing, very on. quickly. 
everyone try to use the word ergs to refer to droids from now on. Let's try it out. Let's try it out in our mouths and okay. we see. Uh, we see we, yeah, ergs. It's a, just out of curiosity. Is there? A, I like. I like erg. It's a nice. I like. I like nice short, punchy things that roll off the yeah. tongue. So I like it. Um, was there? A, is there a, a, an etymology? Yeah, like um, erg <laughs> means work in Greek. Robot uh -huh. means slave. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So that's where the thinking came from. Um, but then oh, it, so okay. it, it, and Earth sounds dark. cute. But, 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 but when you describe it, the, the word sounds cute. But now you've just given me the etymology. I'm like, whoa, that's dark. So we were setting them up as slaves? No, as in robot was the slaves, but uh. erg just means work. It just wasn't means robot work. a Czech word, though, isn't it? Doesn't it come it from is. a Czechoslovakian word? It, it probably it's a, comes yeah. from the same root. It's from Greek. Right. Like yeah, ergonomic, yeah, erg, back, but you, know, I think... you know, the phrase ergonomics, erg, and erg is also a unit of work in physics. Ah, um, yeah. Ergs. So, um, okay. When you explain it like that, that makes, yeah, that makes much I originally more. weren't with ergots, but apparently ergot is a kind of microbe that lives in wheat that gives us LSD. So, which, which is great, but could, um, no, to me, erg is when I say it, it sounds guttural. Yeah. There's there's no there's no Ugh. consonants in there. It's just kind of like from the throat, you know. Mm. Um, but that kind of makes it easy for everything to say. But let's have a think, play around with it. I mean, yeah, words yeah. Change yeah. this is what I mean. Yeah, this is it, what needs I mean. To, it needs to like uh, how we came up with the name for the group was just throwing shit out there until it's something stuck. So yeah. super emotional collective. So far. Yeah, we'll try erg and maybe yeah. if if you know people can always if anyone the the subscribers that we have i think 17 subscribers that end up listening to this can tell us um you know uh it's good you, should, you know we'll take we'll take outside um ideas as well so yeah <laughs> what would you let's do a poll what would you call a robot <laughs> exactly a cute one it, it has to be one. cute yeah cute, cute yeah i want it to be cute and i wanted to i want it to be connected to the idea of cooperation rather than competition or evolving or yeah. you know ind yeah. independence agency like but then maybe it's nice if it started as an erg and then it's evolved into something we didn't expect. Like that's also could, that also can. But work yeah. is neutral. Work work is just work, right? Mm. Things that need doing rather mm. than a robot, which means slave, which mm. means implies ownership, right? Mm. Yeah. Erg just means well, it's let's just yeah. get on with it, you know. And it would be a purpose because we can't go completely mental. Like I mean, if we've created them, we must have created them for some sort of purpose, yes, <laughs> not just exactly. out of pure altruistic um, desire. So I I like I like erg. I can, also, I can I can imagine the robot going, like making a, it would sound like er, er, er. like a Pokemon only <laughs> say its own name. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.